0: All right, so it's Wednesday again. Imagine. It's flying. Time is flying. My gray hair is gray hair is adding. My pimples are multiplying. <laughs> I don't know. Are you guys still convinced that it's a blessing? <laughs> well, you know, um, praise God. We're here again. We're gonna do the work of prayer. We're gonna hear a message from God, and praise God for the, the singers earlier, for the hymns that we truly miss and we truly treasure. Um, um, I, simple things sometimes is quite hard, especially for us Filipinos, or for us who have second languages. It's, it's kind of hard. Um, it reminds me of when Bong first got here. Um, when Bong first got here from the Philippines, he was actually given the privilege to meet the president yeah yeah he was because there was something special with his visa but he cannot speak English at that time so Bong was you know the representatives of the Philippines says hey you know what you're gonna meet President Trump and you're gonna say you're gonna tell him how are you and he's gonna say I'm okay and he's gonna ask you and you and you're gonna say me too okay so Bong goes in, in Tagalog, he goes, oh, that's simple enough. Yeah, okay, I could do this. So he goes to the White House because he was given that special visa. Bong, he, you know, President Trump comes there, and, 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 and Bong goes, he got nervous. He saw Trump, and he goes, who are you? <laughs> so President Trump was kind of surprised, but he, he goes, I, I, I'm Melenia's I'm Mil- husband. And then Bong goes, me too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> I wanted to wake you guys up. Uh, let's say a word of prayer before I get to... Please turn your Bibles to Romans 12. Uh, Father, we thank you, for, thank you for your prayer warriors, Lord God, that I hear this evening. I thank you for this building that you've provided for us. I thank you for the songs that you've given to us tonight. We thank you for everything that you've given to us this whole week. Father, you are good and you are merciful and you are gracious to us. Truly, Father, we are always amazed of your love for us. Forgive us, Lord, for all of our sins. And now we ask, Father, for your Holy Spirit to be upon all of us to give us the wisdom that we need and the humility that we need in order for us to accept and receive whatever it is that you want us to to take in and change in our lives through your message that you speak through me. Guide us and bless us. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, Romans chapter 12. If you guys have your Bibles there, I would suggest throughout the message, keep it there because I'll be going back to it here and there. Uh, But I'm going to begin reading. Romans 12, chapter 1. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 to 12. A living sacrifice to God. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all He has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind He will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship Him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this morning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, So it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. In His grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. This is the word of the Lord. Uh, I entitled our message, How to Know God's Will. So as I was preparing this, I had a question mark in my title, "How to Know God's Will." But as I finished the message, I go, "You know what? There's no question mark. It should be a period. It should be this, right? We just read what that. Well, uh, we just read Romans 12, and it's this is God's way of giving us a blueprint of how we are to know what God's will is for us." Uh, so tonight we have three points. What, how, and why. Um, wh- why. Why are we trying to know, why is it important for us to know what God's will is? Um, there. <laughs> why? Well, now, what? What is the purpose of knowing God's will? You know why? Because one of the biggest questions in a man's life is purpose. Right? What is my purpose in life? Now, for the worldly man, they will be swung in many ways and turned into, in different directions only for them to find themselves wanting because the world is under the control of Satan and he is the father of lies, right? If you do not have God, the purposes in your life will be polluted by what the world has given to us. If you're a new believer, there is a great need for you to renew your mind. To you're basically going to be you're going to find out that the purpose of your life is not what you've been working on your the rest of your life, the your whole life. Because there's a change. Why is it that this is important? Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Why? Because you know when, when we end our prayers, for most of us, when we end our prayers, what, what do we say? But not my will, Lord, but let Your will be done. What is God's will? What is God's will? God's will is that we live for Him. I don't know how that looks for you, but we are to live for Him. Not everybody going to be called as a missionary. Not everybody's going to be called to become pastors, but we are all called to live our lives for Him. That's our purpose, is to glorify Him in our lives. Now, what does the world say? The world say, says, follow your heart. Your purpose in life is to follow your heart. <laughs> this is where a lot of, a lot of affairs happen. In, in, because in their Facebook, they saw their exes there. And then they rekindled their high school life. High school love. This is where a lot of trouble happened financially because they followed their heart and they bet thirty thousand dollars on a football team. <laughs> you know, just, they follow our heart. Why is it? Why, right? We're, it's just not me saying this, right? You've heard this. Follow your heart. But this is what God's Jesus said about. Following the heart, about the heart. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. So if we are to listen to what the world tells us to follow our heart, then we are to follow these things. These are, these are going to be the results, I should say. Jeremiah seventeen nine: The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? Now, unfortunately for the world, they will have a great difficulty trying to get away from this mindset of following your heart. But as Christians, as believers of the living God, we are told, we are told not to follow our hearts. So stop it. I don't want to hear it anymore. (laughs) No, you can tell me, and then I'll just correct you again. (laughs) I should be gentle, I should be kind, I should be patient, right? But it just... With, with 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 great dismay, when I hear believers say they're they're following their heart, I feel like I'm always preaching about the same thing, and then I hear the same thing, and, and I'm just like, "Were you absent during my 55th message about that?" Because we are not to follow our hearts. Our hearts are idle factories, right? Our hearts are idle factories. So the, for the Christian. For the Christian, if we are to follow, if we are to if our purpose is to, to know or to live out what God wants us to, to do, or to do what God's will is for us, we are to renew our minds, right? So we are to know and accept and live out what God wants for us. So the opposite of what the world is saying, follow your heart, God says in Romans 12 1. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all He has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind He will find acceptable. What does that mean? Jesus said, if you want to come after me, you must deny yourself. Take up your cross daily and come follow me. Because remember, in this church, we are to know Christ and to become like Him. That is God's will for us. Mm -hmm. And becoming like Christ, becoming like Christ is denying ourselves, our natural desires, our natural wants, everything that the world has told us to do. Now, I have a question for us here. Did God give Himself for us so we can satisfy our selfish desires? That if our selfish desires are left unhinged, it will be indulging in lustful desires. Is that what God wants for us? Did He die for us so that we can indulge in our sinful and lustful desires? The obvious answer and the biblical answer and the church answer is no. No, God saved us in order for us to live for Him. But the question is, sometimes we live we live for our natural desires. We satisfy our natural cravings. We go back to our old self. The reason why we're not happy we're at church, because we're thinking we'd rather be on vacation. Right? The reason that we're not happy with, 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 with our lives, because we're saying, I should have married my ex. <laughs> The reason that we're not happy with our lives is because we're thinking that there was something there that the world was offering and we did not take it and now we're miserable. We're thinking that the, the, because we're Christians now, we're denying ourselves of many things, that's why we're not happy. Oh, if I was not a Christian, my life would be better. Seriously? It won't be. It's not going to be because we know of other people unfortunately that are not christians that have indulged in their lustful desires and we know that they're not happy we know of of a lot of of our friends and our families that have not surrendered their lives to christ and have achieved many things but yet at the end of the day what do they say can you pray for me i'm not happy or, or, or they're happy and they have everything that, that they wanted to accomplish in life. Everything that the Filipino culture told us to have. Get a degree, get money, get houses. Do everything. Be successful in life. And then they call us and they say, please pray for me. I'm not happy and I'm sick. Now I don't know what's going to happen to me when I die. You know, see, us Christians, we might not have all the worldly accolades. Or we might not have have the, the many material things that we wanted to pursue but we have everything we need in this life and in the next but we're just not programmed that way anymore why because we have not we have not really reprogrammed our thinking we have not renewed our minds we have not renewed our minds and our hearts are still because that's what the bible says right our hearts are idle factories And if there's no change from inside, there's not going to be changes outside. 2 Corinthians 5.15 Oh, no. Yeah. Christ died for everyone. He died so that those who live should not live for themselves anymore. They should live for Christ. He died for them and was raised again. Now, This is the same message that's in 1 Thessalonians 5.10 that reads Christ died for us so that whether we are dead or alive, when He returns, we can live with Him forever. That's the purpose of our lives. This is the, the new purpose. If you are a believer of God, this is your purpose. This is your new purpose. This is the will of God that we live for Him. I know the world tells us to run after things Continue to run after things. And you know, work is God's blessing for us. It is. Because God does not want us to just lay down in bed and say, I'm going to wait till God returns. Mm -hmm. No, we're told to eat the work so we can eat. We're told to be productive. But we are not to make these things higher and in first place, in a first position in our lives because then we become idols. Relationships are God's blessing to us. Wives, our spouse, our, our husband, your husband, your wife, your children, the relationships that we have at church. These are all God's blessing for us. But these things are not to take over our relationship with God. It should never. Now, I have all the love for our culture, the Filipinos. But our Filipino culture is, it is quite leaning on with the world. You can't help it, but it is. In the Filipino culture, the idol there is family. The idol is family. If you are to listen to your family that are not guided by the, by the Holy Spirit, they will make you idolize the family. You love your church more than your family. I've heard that many times, ten times over. And I'm glad they're saying it because it's... At least it's, it's true, it's not just coming from me, it's coming from them. But we are not to put anybody in front, even ourselves. We are to deny ourselves. We are to live a new life. That's God's purpose for us. That is His will for us. You want to know what God's will is? Live for Him. As simple as that. Now, if you are going to live for Him, if that is His purpose for you, are you really going to tell me that you can continue to live, to, to live in sin? Whatever sin it is that you're doing. No, right? If if God takes the first position in our lives and we know that that is God's will for us is to live for him, obey him, live for him, there is no sin that should be exercised and practiced in our lives. Well, Joe, that's a nice speech, but how? How? <laughs> how how do we do it how do we live for god you know god is so good that he provides us with the means to to do this and answers the question if my purpose is to live for you how do i do that and it was also in romans 12 verse 2 don't copy the behavior and customs of this world but let god transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. It starts with the thinking. And it also comes in our willingness. Our free will to obey Him must be in place because He will not zap us and say, you're gonna be obedient. I just really wish that would've been the case for me because there's been many years and still many times, you know, occurrences where I would choose to live for myself. And as I live for myself and disobey God directly, I suffer the consequence now the first how is to stop thinking when we stop thinking in a certain manner which is the world's way we will stop behaving stop being like your old self which is very much of the world everything about the old must go nothing must remain Now, that's a painful process because that's a lot about us for many years for some of us. That's how we've been dealing with problems. If there's an irritating person, we punch them in the face and we walk away. That was satisfying. Thank you very much. I needed that. But now as a Christian, what what does God say? (laughs) Love your neighbor. Love your enemies. And you're just like, goodness. Well, everything must go a long surgery it's a long surgery that cuts deep down in our innermost being all our old ways all of all, all our old thinking on approaching things problems challenges and even our victories must no longer be of the world but of the spirit i'm including victories there because sometimes when we're victorious when we're successful what do we do <laughs> we've i've broken couple of my shoulders for patting myself on the back too much but because if we are living by the spirit we say praise god thank you for giving me that, making that work for me thank you for helping me accomplish that or when problems arise we're not just like oh there's money money problems i'm gonna work three jobs miss church miss prayer meeting four jobs five jobs but then God is saying hey you're just spending way too much There's greed in your heart. There's greed about money. There's there's greed about material things. That's why you're in debt. That's why you you need to keep working, because you keep spending. We can spend faster than we can earn, correct? Yeah. I know this for a fact. I can spend faster than I can make it. But God tells us that we are to renew our minds. As we renew our minds, the old self goes away with it second Corinthians 5:17 this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person the old is gone a new life has begun you know like that woman in the well that Jesus met Jesus told her that she should no longer seek her happiness her validation through the affection of men that has obviously failed for many times but Jesus told her that the only way that she can be truly satisfied is through him. See, most of our thirst in life is because it's directed on something or someone else. It's true. Do you understand? Your idol for some, for some of us, the idol are, is a degree. For my family, the Salcedos, in the people, especially in my dad's. In in California For them their idol Is a college degree If you don't have A college degree They don't respect you They will never respect you If you have If you don't have A college degree But you have money They will listen to you They will listen to your opinion Because you have money So their idol Is their studies And material wealth For For some Their idol is their children, so long as their children is, are, are happy, healthy, even if they say, oh, I don't care if they're wealthy, I just want them to be happy, or they're successful, that's your idol. Or a successful marriage, being in a relationship, that's your idol. See, any, all of us, we have those idols. If we are not careful, those are the things that validate us. Those are the people that gives us hope, prayer, hope, and, and love. But see, the thing is, the sad thing is, those things, those people will fail us. Those things, those people will not ultimately give us the true satisfaction that only God can give. Only God will, is the one that truly says, when He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you, He means it. Our children, they'll say that until they're older. And they say, I want to have a party. (laughs) I need you out of the house for six hours. (laughs) Right? It's Everybody moves on. People move out. Your attraction to another person goes away. Your success cannot be like that anymore. If you're the best person at your job right now, you might not be that guy next week or next month. If it's our health, what if God takes your health? Then are you, does that mean you're a worthless person? No. Everything that we think gives us validation, everyone that we think that gives us love and affection will all go away. But the one true person that will not go away is God himself. So we, as, as we, we have to really accept that truth. See, there's the renewing of our minds, right? The renewing of our minds. The world says, love yourself, right? There's, there's this me culture. We're in that me culture. That's why now we have selfie. <laughs> I remember there's a selfie mode on phones now. There's a selfie mode on, uh, on cameras, right? Before, during my time as a digital camera, you have to turn it around, and hope that you get your face or else it's just your forehead or you know something else but now you're on the selfie mode the world teaches us to, to to take care of ourselves first above anyone else now God said in our reading earlier in Romans 12 this don't think you are better than you really are just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a f- special function So it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. Speaking about belonging to a church. This is why this is for all Christians. There is no Christian, there should be no Christian that don't belong to a Christian church. Every every Christian belongs to a family. There is no Christian orphan, according to Pastor Julius. Because we all should belong to a church body. And in a church body, We are to not think of ourselves better than when we really are. That's when problems happen. This is when we overvalue ourselves and we think everybody else are just, they don't know what they're doing. (laughs) I remember there was a guest, a couple times she and her husband have visited our church. And this is when Pastor Julius was, was, was still here. And I was just Pastor Julius's, uh, come follow me, Joe. Every time, so <laughs> the person, the person called Pastor Julius. She and her husband called Pastor Julius to a meeting while we were having our pot bless. Pastor Julius called me, come here, Joe. So I didn't know that was his way of teaching me and molding me to become the pastor. Anyway, we went in there. I went in there, and then and she goes, the the, the lady goes, I want to be part of your praise and worship team your praise and worship team is not good I want to be part of it but I need to be the lead singer I kid you not I was there everybody just needs to be back up and their mics needs to be lowered down I need to be the one heard, and that's how your praise and worship is gonna be better pastor Julius with full wisdom this is his answer I don't need you to come back here anymore <laughs> please don't come back here anymore we're we're fine this is not a performance or a concert we're here who loves Jesus and that is what we do thank you for visiting us that was the last time we saw that girl and I was just like oh my gosh there were a couple times too well there was one time I can remember a bunch of um, American guys came in one table. Pastor Julius spoke to them, and she, he goes, Oh, hey, how did you guys hear our church about our church? Oh, we just went on, uh, you know, looked for a Filipino church, and we found your church. We're here actually looking for a Filipino Christian because we're looking for a wife. <laughs> Guess what Pastor Julius said again? I hope you don't come back here anymore, okay? This is not a dating place. This is God's church. If you want to come and worship with us, you're welcome. But if you're here to wo- look for a wife, this is not the place. See, there's... Why am I sharing that? Because there's... Th- that's thinking better of yourself. Both cases. With the men. What, why? Why do you think you can hunt girls at church? right? Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Pastor Julius loved the church. He still loves the church. He loves the church to a point that he would protect the flock that he was given. To a point that he will become offensive to the ones that are coming in. That's Real love. There's no preservation for himself there. There's just all protection because of love. And that's the same thing that God has done for us. Because of his love for us, he gave himself for us. He died on the cross. He suffered the crucifixion and everything else on top of that so that we can be with him. So us Christians, believers of that God, are we supposed to be the same with each other? The answer is yes, yes. But there are times... That we pretend to love others. That sometimes we don't hate what is wrong. So, what is God's will? How do we live God's will? By living like He did. By becoming like Christ. And there is no sin on top of that. There's really no sin. There's no room for sin. There's no room for hypocrisy. The world says be selfish. God says live for others. The world says, love yourself. God said, love others. The world says, serve yourself first. God says, serve God through others. Why? Why? Because God said so. Let's close in prayer. <laughs> you no, know, but it should be enough, right? When God says something, that should be it, right? No more questions. But, you know, sometimes we do need more explanation, For none of us lives for ourselves alone, and none of us dies for ourselves alone. If we live, we live for the Lord, and if we die, we die for the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. Romans 14, 7 to 8. Jesus died so we can live. So we can live, and we can live for Him. And as we live for Him, we will live for others. As we live for Him, we glorify Him. And how do we glorify Him? By living His, his, his life through us. And if we do that, we will, it will pour out to our neighbors and to the unbelievers that we are surrounded with. And then it should make them wonder. Our lives our lives, should make the unbelievers wonder. When everybody else is worried about gas prices, us Christians, we're saying, God will provide. Right? Or do we join the chorus and say, Oh gosh. I spent 150 dollars at the pump. Again. what's going to happen to us? I know we should have voted this, no? No, it's, it shouldn't, be, it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be about that, right? Christians, we should be we should be what? Oh, I know it's high. I know it's too much. I know it's so much more than the last time. but you know what? God will provide. God always provides and he does, doesn't he? Amen, amen. I shared this before when when I when gas was this high too, but not this high during Obama's time. Gas was like five bucks a gallon, and I was looking into biodiesel. And I shared this enthusiastically with Pastor Jules. I goes, Pastor Jules, I'm gonna do biodiesel. Why? Because gas is too much. He goes, Okay, uh, Joe. Let me ask you one thing. I go, Yeah. Who provided your car? God. Because, you know, with Pastor Juice, it's either God, Jesus, Bible. That's it. Okay? God. And he goes, okay, so if God provided your car, who's going to provide the gas for your car that he provided for you? God will. So he goes, so why make the biodiesel? <laughs> see, it's, see there's, there's, there's that hope, right? There's the hope that we have that our neighbors don't have. Yeah, I get it. We struggle here and there. I struggle here and there. I do. I'm worried from time to time about the recession. It hits me. But we are different. We are different because our God is a true God. And He says to to not worry about anything. Do not worry about anything. But in everything, through prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Right? And He will give us the peace that surpasses all understanding. Pastor Julius was always good to remind me whenever I worry about money and my business and everything else, he says, Joe, seek him first, his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Is it different now? Because God, Jesus shared that, he shared that verse, or he shared those words to the people that were worried about how they will eat, how they will eat, how they will live. It's the same for us. We have all the things that we need. We do. We might not have all the things that we want, but not all the things that we want is good for us. Imagine having four cars, and then you have to gas all four cars. <laughs> Wait, that's me. <laughs> no, but because we need it, right? Gianna's now driving, Zoe's driving, Analu's driving a lot, and I'm driving... <laughs> So I'm gassing up four cars and um, insurance on four cars. and So pimples on my neck <laughs> comes out, right? So... <laughs> but then I go, I get down on my knees. I go, Lord, I know that you are in control. I know you're in control of all things. Again, the world should see that. And you know, if we... The, the, the third point is why? Why should we live our lives in God's will? Because we already know what and how, right? Why? Because we are to go and make disciples of all nations. We are, we are to share the hope that is in us through Christ Jesus to our neighbors. If we are not in God's will, we can, sharing or having the burden for the lost, it's not going to be there. So if you have lost your burden for the lost, for the lost souls, you are not living in God's will. Because there's no way that you're becoming like Christ and you're apathetic about the other people that will spend the eternity in hell without Jesus. So the burden, the burden to share the gospel, the hope that is in us through our words and through our lives must be there. So the last thing is why? Why do we want to live in God's will or to do God's will? Why do we need to know what God's will is for us? Because his will for us is to worship him, right? Remember in Exodus, in Exodus 8, 1, then the Lord said to Moses, go to Pharaoh and say to him, this is what the Lord says, let my people go so that they may worship me. Let my people go so they can buy three houses let my people go so they can have four cars let my people go so they can have more vacations let my people go so they can have great careers again i said all those things are good but those are not to take precedence over our love for god and if we love god we are worshiping him and how are we to worship him how are we to worship him is by through our bodies I plead with you to give your bodies to God because all of all that He has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind He will find acceptable. This is, a true, this is truly the way to worship Him. God released us from our sins so that we can worship Him. And how do we worship Him? Through our bodies, becoming like living sacrifices. And what's the living sacrifice? Denying ourselves of the things that we can have denying ourselves of the things that we can do rather than being at church, rather than, rather than reading the Word, rather than spending time with the, in, in prayer, denying ourselves of, 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 of these things that the world derails us from living for God. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. We will never know what God's will is for us if we are living in sin. If we are under sin, there is no way that we can know what God's will is for us. Other than this, we should know that we are sinning. But at the end of the day, too, when we're callous, we've become callous through our within our sin. We will no longer see the sin because God has released us into our sin. Church, there is a great need for us to know what God's will is for us. And as we find out what God's will is for us, we are to live and do it and obey it. Because there's a great need for it because there's people that are watching us. There's people that we need to share the gospel with. There's people that we need to show the hope that is in us through our lives. Amen? That is our message, and I thank you for your patience. Please join me in the word of prayer. As the music team make their way up here, um, um, I'm going to say the closing prayer. Lord, we thank you for your message for us tonight. I thank you for your prayer warriors that are here this evening. I pray for them, Lord God, in all their needs. I pray that you attend to them all their pains and hurts, Father God. I pray that you just comfort them. I pray for them, Lord God, that you, Lord, meet them where they are. Forgive us, Lord, for our shortcomings, for the times that we have neglected you and our relationship with you. Father, we pray, Father, that you will give us, we ask, Lord, that you give us the strength to live for you, give us the desire to want to live for you and your will. Help us, Lord, to be obedient to you. Help us to be surrendered to you. And Father, I pray that our lives will be a pleasing aroma to you. All these things we ask in your sweet and mighty name, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and all the Lord's people said, Amen. Amen,